Welcome to Next Up. I'm your host, Michael Beer, and alongside is my co-host, Ed Fletcher. Uh, if, if this is your first podcast, Next Up's a platform for college students to enter that spider web that we call a network. Um, Ed and I believe that it's very overwhelming to cold message and cold email people on LinkedIn, and we want to make it a little bit easier and a little less overwhelming, overwhelming for you guys. Ed, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, Mike. Thank you for asking. I am excited to have our second guest on Next Up, Mike Becker. Mike, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm very uh, grateful for this opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, for, for sure. So, so just for you guys listening at home, um, Mike's a sophomore at Fairfield University, and I promise we're not going to stick with Fairfield. We're, we're going <laughs> to we'll switch gonna, it up every once in a while. We'll, we'll switch it up every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> so Mike's a sophomore. He's majoring in finance at Fairfield. Uh, he's also the founder of Bullseye Podcast, which is a new podcast, and we'll get into that later on. But um, Mike, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, our first question for you is, um, what inspires you to, to make yourself next up? Uh, you know, I think it's a great question. And I think it's a question that everybody has to ask themselves when they start their journey. Uh, you know, I believe that when everyone's born, there's a fire inside of everybody. And I think people can choose to kindle that fire or they can choose to ignore it and let it die out. Uh, what I think is fascinating is if you went to a kindergarten classroom and you asked all the kids in the class, what did you want to be when you want to grow up? You would get the most ambitious answers. You would get professional athlete, astronaut, owner of a business. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because this fire is fresh in them. But if you took the same group and you asked them as they're graduating college, you wouldn't get nearly as ambitious of answers. And I think what the key is, is just protecting the fire inside of you and continuing to build that fire. And, you know, a lot of people will ask, you know, yeah, I want to be successful, but, you know, how do you build that fire? And for me, uh, what's built my fire is the realization that in every task I'm doing, there's an invisible force watching. So let me, let me explain that. Mm -hmm. um, take an intro to finance class, for example, right? Say one day, uh, someone from Goldman Sachs walks in and your teacher says, oh, class today, this is uh, John Smith from Goldman Sachs. He's just gonna observe our class and at the end of the class, he's gonna pick one of you uh, to offer a job. I guarantee that class would be the most productive class that every person in that class has ever had. People's hands are gonna shoot up, they're gonna be attentive, they're gonna be on the edge of their seat, they're gonna be taking the most detailed notes they ever took, right? But what people don't realize is that person is in that classroom every day, whether they can see them or not. So what I mean by that is, if you picture that guy in that class every single day, and you act like he's really there and your hand is shooting up and you're attentive and you're taking the best notes, eventually that job offer becomes a reality. And this can apply to all aspects of life, right? So if, uh, if you wanna go into working out, you know, say you were in the gym and you're working out and you're working out and the workout's really tough and you think, why am I doing this? I'm, I'm not getting anything from this, right? And then all of a sudden, poof, a genie pops up and he's got a picture and he says, this is you in a year. And you are, and in that picture, you achieved whatever goal it is, whether you're trying to lose weight, whether you're lost a hundred pounds in that picture, whether you look jacked and then poof, the genie went back away. 
you would have the best workout ever because you would realize mm -hmm. that that end goal is a possibility. So I think that's where my fire builds is that I believe it is possible and that I always am imagining someone's watching because one day that is a reality. So I think right. that's what fires me up to be next up. And like anybody, if I'm going to do something, I want it to be the best. You know, if you're going to do something, why not be the best? So mm -hmm. I think right. that's where it comes from. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people forget or don't realize that it's really just the mental block. It's, it's you against yourself. I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. You really can, especially today. There's so many resources, especially with the internet. Um, you can, you can reach out to whoever you want as many times as you want. Literally you can do whatever. And right. Right. And, and so, so Mike, a question you, you just asked yourself is why not? Right. And I think that's a great question because so I'm a business major. So let's, let, let's go in, into business, right? I want to create a social media platform. Why can't I be Facebook? Why can't I be Instagram? What, right? Why not? Right. The only, right. the only thing not? is everyone, everyone will say because it already exists. Well, I mean, sure, but it doesn't have to, it's not, we're not trying to be the exact same thing, right? Like you can, right. we can build off of it and make it something different. Right. And, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to, to undermine the people who have tried to beat out Facebook and Instagram in their early stages. Right. And even now, because it's very difficult and, and LinkedIn for, for sure, it's very difficult to, to get at the level that, that these massive social media platforms are at because for two reasons, number one, they're huge. It's very difficult in and of itself. And, and, and number, number two, because once you get to that stage, you're going to get bought out by them, right? Which is, which is awesome. That means that your product's good, right. but, but why can't you continue and beat them and beat them out? Right. And, and I think Ed, Ed, what you said is, is a good point too. It, it's, it's all a mental game because so it's, it's possible. There's so, there's so much opportunity to do it and, and to change the world and to be innovative. You kind of have to think around the corner in a sense, right? You have to turn that corner and be innovative in the way that you think. And, and I think that's definitely interesting. And, yeah. and Mike, I like, I like what you said as well. Um, being a kindergartner. Yeah, I, I know. I want to talk about that. Yeah, go ahead, Ed. Um, no, so that's very interesting, right? Like these kindergartners in their, um, in their yearbook, they're, sometimes they write what they want to be when they grow up. You know what I mean? And <laughs> they're, the, they're the biggest, they're the biggest careers that you can have usually like professional singer you know like actor professional sports player, an astronaut like you said before and the difference between the people that stick with those paths and the ones that just kind of die out is the ability to keep that that ambition going and to actually go for those things right i, I think that's definitely definitely interesting for sure um so mike let's let's move on to to bullseye and 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 why you started bullseye so for for and i Actually, Mike, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you describe what Bullseye is. But go ahead. Right. So, uh, me and my co-founder, my good friend uh, Nick Nagrelli, uh, we we've been getting in finance and we've been accumulating uh, some knowledge. You know, we're finance majors. So, uh, but what we saw was that in the industry as a whole, uh, there's a lack of connection to the common person. And what I mean by that is a lot of people realize the importance of stocks and they realize the importance of investing and they hear the terms uh, present value and future value. What basically mean 
if I were to give you $100 now or $100 in a month, the $100 right now is worth more than the $100 in a month because you can invest that $100 now and make it a greater sum than it would be in a month. But anyway, I believe there's a lot of people that understand this concept and realize the importance of investing, but they look at the industry and it's too complicated for them. And they don't have the time to do the research because they have other jobs. And they didn't go to school four years learning about this, right? And so like any natural person would, they're not gonna put their hard earned money into something they don't understand, which is smart, but right. there's this gap. And what Bullseye is trying to do is through conversation, me and Nick are just talking about what's going on, talking about current events, news articles, and how that affects the market. And what we're aiming to do is just make it comprehensible for everybody and not so up in the clouds and not so scary with ratios and formulas and uh, you know all, all the stuff that scares people away. So basically what we're just trying to do, we're just having a conversation about what's going on, how it affects the market, uh, the trends, and we're just trying to give people the information so that they can make informed decisions with their money and uh, really take advantage of uh, the market that is out there for everyone to prosper from. Right. I, I think, I think that's great. And I, I think there definitely is a gap, a, a gap in the way that, um, in the way that the industry is portrayed. So an example that always comes to my mind is treasury bills and treasury bonds, right? So for somebody who's not a finance student, let's say, um, a nursing student, right? Some, something along the lines of that, um, in the science field, that sounds extremely um, difficult and, and complicated, right? Treasury bonds, treasury bills, what's the difference, right? The difference is, is the rate in which that the bonds or the bills mature. So treasury bills mature in um, a year or less and bonds mature in anything over a year up to 30 years, I believe. So that's a difference. Um, it's, it's very simple, yet sounds extremely complicated. The barrier of entry to finance is so high, most likely because they're trying to keep and weed out the people that don't care as much, which I totally get because finance mm -hmm. is, business is a massive industry for sure. And, and Ed, I, I know you can touch on this a little bit as well. Yeah, like, like you just said, they're trying to weed out people, right? So if they want to make things complicated, the only people that are going to stick with it are the people that enjoy it and actually want to be in this industry and i think that's that's good for the industry maybe not as good for some people that don't know exactly what they want to do yet but that's gonna get the most intelligent minds in the industry because those people have studied this and they know what they're talking about for the most part and um i don't know i think that's a that's a kind of a good thing kind of a bad thing I mean, right. it's hard for people yeah. to get in, but it keeps the good people in there. Right. Mike, go ahead. Uh, building off what you guys are saying, I think that I agree that this is relevant in the finance industry. And I think it's relevant in almost every industry. Right. But the thing is, is that they can't do this any for much longer because right now with the influx of technology, we can go on YouTube and learn about pretty much anything we want to for mm -hmm. the cost of zero dollars and zero cents. 
So this is starting to fade. This is why we're seeing so many young investors. Uh, it's so easy for them with the Robinhood app. And uh, yeah, you no, know, you before you would have to go to university for four years and spend all this money on this education. And that was the only way to learn it. And only the people that spent this thousands of dollars had the knowledge to go into this field, right? But right. in today's day and age, anybody can crack the wall. All you have to do is put in the work. It's right there for you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that's exciting for our generation in that we're starting to break those walls with the advances in technology. Yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot more entrepreneurs and and soul like lone wolves out there. I feel like than there was 20 years ago. I mean, YouTube and all these social media platforms allow um, allow people to learn whatever they want, and they can do it for free, like you said before. And I think that's that's a big thing. Right, right. And one of the most complicated things in the world, to me anyway, and I'm sure maybe to to us, to you guys as well, but is coding, right? coding seems like such a difficult um, task and subject to learn, except I'd argue that it's probably the easy, the, the most accessible um, subject on the internet to, to, to learn about. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's, right. A, there's a ton of courses and they're mostly free. And I think it's interesting because people think it's so complicated, but and it is, I, I'm not, I'm not downplaying it. It definitely is a, a complicated subject, but it's so easy to learn about. Everything is so easy to learn about these days. And I think it's interesting because in five years, maybe not five, that might be too short, but maybe like 10 to 15 years, we're going to see who taught themselves this, who taught themselves this, who's well-rounded in every industry and in, in every subject. And I think that's interesting for, for sure. Uh, Ed, go ahead. Okay. So next question, Mike. Um, this is a question that I, I like to ask everyone that I meet who has, well, a, a really of any field, uh, honestly, what about finance gets you excited and what, what motivates you in that field? So I think that uh, throughout my high school years, um, I wasn't really in that much into finance. I, don't know, I was in a stock club, but a lot of my friends were in it. And, you know, mm -hmm. I went to the meetings, but I wasn't really engaged in it. And it wasn't something that excited me, right? Right. And then um, eventually, um, you know, my friends had been telling me in college as I started to pursue the finance field, you know, like if you have some extra money laying around, like you should invest this, you know, you could you could build up some profit, right? So I said, okay, and so I did. And there's just something that hooks me about the rich color of green and the sharp incline of a stock. There's just a rush that's like unmatched. It's, I like to think of it as a game and you're playing this game against you know, everybody in the world across the country and I, it's, it's just very fun to me. And I think that it goes back to the first question you asked and it, it relates to competition. And it's this game of trying to beat the market. And for anybody that right. doesn't know what I mean when I'm saying that is when I'm referring to the market, I'm talking about the example in America, the New York Stock Exchange as a whole. Basically what that is, is when you look at 
the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones Industrial Index. Those are um, metrics that are used to represent how everyone is doing as a whole in the market, right? right? So when I say beat the market, the goal is to do better than how that is doing because that's what the average person is doing. So, you know, it's just about trying, like I said earlier, if you're going to do something, why not be the best? So it's constantly trying to beat the market. Uh, I see it as a game. And I think that when you see anything as a game in life, it could take things that are tedious and make them a challenge, which can inspire you. And right. I think what's so, what drives me so much is that when I wake up in the morning, I'm so excited to see what's going to happen in that day. I'm so excited to check my phone and see how much money I gained overnight mm -hmm. or unfortunately how much I lost, but <laughs> either way, it's just exciting. And I think that the mystery aspect of how much is unknown in the field, you know, there's so much uncertainty. Uh, the experts can't tell you if in a week it's going to go up or down. And so right. I think that's exciting. And I just find, I just find it as a game. And I think that when you look at it as a game and when you look at anything as in general, as a game, it makes it a challenge for you. And um, everybody loves a challenge. So that's, that's what uh, motivates me about finance. Cool. Yeah. The one thing, one thing I, I really liked that you said was about the being a game thing, right? Cause when it's a game, it no longer becomes work. And when it's not work, that means you're having fun, which means you're going to enjoy whatever you're doing, which means you can be more productive. It means you can do it longer and you're going to like what you're doing on a daily, on a daily basis, which is the most important thing, right? You don't want to be doing a job that you, you don't like doing. That's horrible. Nobody wants that. And if you can find something that generally brings you joy on a day-to-day -day basis, like you said, waking up, seeing if you lost money here or if you made money that day, I think that that's very important is to try and find that thing that really excites you. Right. And Ed, that's a great way to put it. So, so Mike, you, you talked about beating the market. So, I'm going, to th I'm going to throw a fact out there. And the, the fact really only applies to professionals in the field, right? So currently, the three of us were not professionals in the field of finance and, and trading, and not by any means, right? right. So, so right. statistically speaking, professionals beat the market 8% of the time. 92% of professionals who manage money don't beat the market all the time. So, mm -hmm. so the SP 500 on average goes up 10% every year. Now it, it could dip, it, it, it could dip and it can rise 12%, 8%, right? Whatever. But on average, 10% every year. Now that means that, well, 8% of wealth managers and wealth management is a, is a very competitive field. There are a lot of wealth managers in every city, Wall Street, Chicago, LA, Miami, right? It's a very competitive field and only 8% of them beat the market. And it's a game in and of itself. And Ed, you put it, you put it in a, in a really good way. And I like that. I, I think, I think I, I, everybody loves a challenge. Right. And I think, I think it's interesting. It'd be cool to, uh, to be in the 8%. That's for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, I think that's all we have for today. Mike, we really appreciate you, appreciate you coming out. And yes, uh, thank you. Very th much. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Um, so we, we wish you the best of luck in all your endeavors and bullseye finance. I'm really excited to, to continue to listen to that. Uh, and Mike, we hope to make you next up. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I really like uh, what the podcast is doing. I think, like you said in the opener, so many people have a tough time uh, getting 
into their field or building that network. And I really love what you guys are doing. Um, so thank you so much for having me. And uh, for everybody listening, check out my podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, uh, Bullseye Finance. So thank yep. you. And, and the awesome. link will be in the, the link to uh, Spotify and Apple Music for Mike will also be in this description of this podcast. And I love that you plugged it, Mike. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we, we appreciate you guys listening and we look forward to next week. And we hope to make you guys next up.